Hey guys, GBC podcast number 64. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. I almost forgot to say my name, Shane. I'm like, <laughs> at least you remembered. Yeah, and at least I remember the right name. <laughs> um, okay, so last night at the Greenwood um, Baptist Church Bible Study for the women's group, I think, I think Hannah said we had 57 ladies. Um, I think we were, we were counting it up this morning. I think it was, yeah, I think y'all had 60 ladies in there. 60. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we had a few that walked in late. So that's amazing. Yeah. And there's a lot of chatter. Yeah. As you can imagine. Sure. 60 women. Especially, I'm about to say, if you get 60 women together, there's going to be some chatter. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. <laughs> well, um, I feel like we wanted to talk about Rahab a little bit more than um, we had time for. Yep. So I thought you and I could just talk about it for them and then we'll send everybody the podcast. Well, let's talk about it. Okay. So I think the thing that struck me, and this is what I said in front of the group, the group of, how many was there? 60. 60 women. 61. Um, was that, that Rahab, like in our day, a prostitute probably doesn't have a lot of family ties. Let's just make an <laughs> yeah. assumption that it's yeah. not a family business. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to grow up and be a prostitute because my mom was, right? Right. And so I guess it struck me that Rahab's family was like still really important to her. Let's, let's say she was an adult. Like sure, we don't yeah, know, right? Yeah. But I was like, you know, whatever about Rahab, it just struck me that, Maybe she felt like what she was doing wasn't so wrong and her family, I mean, maybe it was the family business. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? But for us, we're like, oh, that's a sin. She's such a sinner. And I'm like, well, she couldn't have been that bad, whatever she was doing, because her whole family was involved. Or at least they loved her enough to come back inside of her house because they, they wanted to be safe. Yeah. Was well, I mean, so I can think of a couple of things. First of all, we're thinking about this from a Christian perspective. Right? And from a Western example. From a Western perspective, from a 20th, you know, what century are we in, 21st century or um, perspective. So, I mean, we're pretty far removed from what happened. I mean, we're a solid 3,000 years removed. I know. So, um, like, changed my perspective. I can't, I can't think about it in her way. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but again, I mean, this is, I mean, one, that's, um, I think that's, that is how significantly Jesus has impacted the Western world. Um, even though you know Jesus may not have a, a, a good name among some people, um, and people hate Christians and hate the church or whatever, they still live in the blessings that has been impacted by the church and by the story of Jesus and those first followers of, of Jesus. You know, um, for example, and you know, you being one of them, a, a woman having rights, um, being shown dignity, being cared for, but that's unheard of in the ancient world. I mean, absolutely unheard of. Um, and so. Um, you know, if you're a woman, and especially if you don't, if your family doesn't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of options. Um, so, you know, you, you are, you are dependent in so many ways on a man caring, caring for you, um, and taking care of you and your children. So, uh, so, you know, so again, so I think we're, you know, this world today is so far removed from that world. We just can't even separate the two. So I think, first of all, just in consideration of, of Rahab, Rahab lives in Jericho. Jericho is a kingdom city. Yeah. Um, we don't even have those anymore, right? Um, for the most part, I mean, I think Rome would be the closest thing to a kingdom city, like, um, and I, not even Rome, but um, um, the the papal city today where the Pope is. Um, if you go to the Vatican, the Vatican is, you know, basically a fortress within a city that is it, that is its own country, um, and I gotcha. the Pope is the ruler of that country. Yeah. Um, that's, that's how it is. You know, it's a, it's a legitimate country, a legitimate nation and the Pope rules, but it exists within a city. So, I mean, think about that, you know, within that land of Cana, 
um, the promised land that the Hebrews are, are being given, that God is sending them into. You've got Jericho, and Jericho is a kingdom city. Um, and you will have um, Ai is the next one that they go to after Jericho, and that's another kingdom city. So you have these cities that are massive cities, for, you know, these huge walled fortresses, um, and they've got their own king. They've got their own everything, right? So they're, you know, they're, their own um, economic system within that, um, religious systems that are going to be carrying over, not just to a particular town, but, but throughout, those, um, throughout those lands. And you see, you see this, all, I mean, all through the Old Testament, the different, you know, Asherah is the big one. And, um, 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 gosh, I just lost the name. Sorry, Asherah is one of them. I was I trying to think of, I was trying to think of who Jezebel was connected to. Ba- uh, Baal. Um, sorry, there you go. Baal worship. And so okay. you've got some, some, you know, the quote, big gods, unquote, um, big gods with a little G um, that are, you know, <laughs> known um, throughout that land. But then you've got all, a whole bunch of different different gods that we would have never even heard of before, right? So, so, but, but one thing I think that I think that, that, again, we don't even, we can't even wrap our minds around this is there are so many fertility gods, right? Um, right? Um, and by fertility gods, that's not just about you being able to get pregnant. Fertility gods is, that's what makes the land produce. Fertile soil. Fertile, that's right, yeah. yeah fertile, um, um, so, so for your lands to produce crops, for your animals to be able to reproduce, for you to be able to reproduce, for families to be able to reproduce, there's all these different gods. Um, Artemis of the Ephesians. Um, that's a, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure Artemis is a Greek god, but could have been a Roman god or whatever. Yeah. But she's a fertility god. Artemis is. Um, and, you know, what's common, you know, at the, the church at Corinth, um, they have a struggle with this as first early Christians because part of the part of the worship of these foreign gods involves sex. Yeah. Well, it was that in Elijah's day, wasn't that a fertility god that they were praying to because they wanted rain? Yeah, Ash, um, well, you know, he, he gathers together the, the um, Baal and Asherah. Asherah is definitely one. Um, the Asherah pole um, is a is a huge phallic symbol, essentially a giant I, erected penis. I was just um, <laughs> Right? That's what an Asherah pole is. I um, started smiling before you said it. I was like, yeah, is he going to say it? Yep. That's, I mean, that's it. So, so but think about that. Um, so part of... Part of the worship, part of the sacrifice, I mean, there's there's temple prostitutes, um, and you go and you sleep with a temple prostitute. And that's and just the way you, it was. Like, yeah, you bring, you know, bring you, know you bring your grain, you bring your corn, you bring whatever in, and that here's your here's your offering, um, and let's sleep with a couple of prostitutes, and hopefully we did it we, we did it well enough that when we um, go home this year, you know, the crops will be good and my family will be blessed and all that kind of stuff. So okay. Yeah, not to, to go too far down a rabbit hole here. I'm, I'm just trying to say it's it's a yeah it's a it's a it's a respectable business in Jericho. You know, it's we think of it as a unrespectable business. A Jew would certainly think that, but in the Gentile world, I mean, Gentiles don't live by Jewish law. They're not under the Old Testament. I know law. that's what's so hard for me to understand when we say like Rahab the prostitute. You just automatically like she's a bad one. Yeah, but she's. I mean, she's and, and I say it's a. It's a res- I don't know if it was a respectable thing or not, but it was definitely a way a woman a woman could make a living um, in the ancient world uh, for sure. She could use her body to be able to make. Some money for um, the the god like for their gods, right? Yeah. I mean, and she, and she had she had enough. No, she might not have been. She might not have been doing a temple. Like this may have just been a, a business gig for her. Mm. Like you know, you got your you got your temple prostitutes, but then you got your prostitutes. Um, and so instead of her being a 
you know, a tradeswoman or something, you know, selling some fruit down at the market, you know, this is, she sells her own fruit, um, <laughs> you know, um, so like essentially that's, I mean, that's it. Um, and, and it's doing well enough, I guess, that she's got a home, unless they had some kind of socialist form of government and everybody's got a home, but mm-hmm. you know, like that comes into the story, right? So anyone who's in your home, um, shall be protected. You yeah. bring your family into your home and they'll be protected. Um, so yeah, so I think that, you know, Hey, you know, you know, the guy's name's Larry and, you know, Larry's daughter's Rahab and yeah, you know, your family man, Larry, what's your, what's your, what's your kid do? Well, Rahab, she's a prostitute. Uh, she's doing pretty well for herself. She's got a nice, nice home. Got a, a matter of fact, got one of the homes with a roof on it that you can go up because that's where the spies were hidden out, mm-hmm. right? And got a nice view of the city. I mean, people come and go out of, out of her place all the time. I mean, that's, but you know, business is good for her. I'm proud of her. Wow. And well. I mean, it's, <laughs> I guess it, that's, I guess that's when I read it, I thought, she still has a relationship with her family. But, you know, Deanna was looking at the other side, someone in our Bible study, and she said, or did she have to beg her family to come because she was like, listen, I know something that you don't. You need to come into my and house. she could have, yeah, absolutely. We don't know. But it's yeah. just interesting to think about it in both ways. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, you've got both of those perspectives. Because, like, one of the things that we do know is, and Rahab's testimony is is a testament to this. Um, they know the stories of what God has done for the Hebrew people. They they know, and that, that's that's part of what you know. God uses that knowledge to put fear in their hearts. That when when this army shows up, um, they're scared of what may happen um, because of what they've heard God do. You know, they know the story of the, the crossing of the Red Sea. They know uh, that the God of the Hebrews closed up the sea and killed Pharaoh and his pursuing army. Like, they know about this. They know of the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke. Like, yeah, they know she, this stuff. she was very, it sounds like, from the Bible, like, adamant, like, your God. Like very That's right, because it's not their God. Right. Uh-huh. Like, your God did this, and we've heard about what your God is, is doing. And so I thought that was interesting. And then before we started the podcast, you kind of said, like, that God brought her into the fold, mm-hmm. right? And so I thought that was interesting. Like she went from Rahab the prostitute, I'm setting you up for the next one, <laughs> um, to just Rahab, right? Yeah, that's right. And can you, she, Hannah talked a little bit last night about that, but again, there's a lot of women in a room and we just were like a bunch of chickens, you know? Yeah, yeah. So can you explain the significance in the, the title, Rahab the prostitute? Sure. Like, and, and I don't know if, um, if, if this is the significant thing, but it's significant to, to you, me. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's a significant point to consider because um, yeah, Hannah was actually, you know, talking to me about the Bible study and she was talking about kind of the, the cool thing that God did, you know, and she goes from being known as Rahab the prostitute to just Rahab. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not known by her occupation as a prostitute, which again, the Jewish mind and the Christian mind is just, that's, that's, you know, that, that that's not a good occupation, right? Yeah. That's not an honorable, uh, it's not a morally acceptable uh, occupation, and, and rightly so. Uh, but she goes from being that to just Rahab, because by the time that you get to the Gospel of Matthew and the genealogy of Jesus, there's only five women who show up in the Gospel of Matthew, and Rahab is one of them, because Rahab is, um, um, well, um, so you got Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. So Rahab's mom is Boaz. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Boaz's mom is Rahab. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so think about that. And then who does who does Boaz marry? Don't quiz me. So Boaz marries Naomi. Yes, Naomi. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the about Moabite. Her. Yeah. Um, okay. And she was brought into the fold. Yeah, that's right. Because remember, because. Um, 
Um, so, you know, basically her husband dies, um, you know, you know, Naomi's out there. And so you've got Orpah and, um, you've got Orpah and, oh my gosh, uh, oh my gosh, crap. Uh, <laughs> Orpah's, um, the sister, um, and, um, I'm zero help. Shame. Sorry. Zero. Losing it. it. Anyways, um, when they, they come back in, Ruth, gosh, there we go. Um, Orpah and Ruth, um, Come back in. Uh, uh, they they go back with Naomi to Bethlehem, uh, which is where she meets Boaz, and Boaz becomes her kinsman redeemer. Yes. Um, and then you know, and, and then she's married, so he takes her as um, a wife, and then Boaz um, and Rahab give the give birth to Obed, and Obed gives birth to Jesse, and Jesse gives birth to David the king. Um, so that's where. So you've got you know. This really awesome injection uh, or interjection of Gentiles coming into the fold, um, and you get these glimpses um, in the Old Testament of what God will do in the New Testament. So, all right, anyways, back to back to the prostitute piece. Though, I'm sorry about the, the little tangent there, but, but to go back to the prostitute piece, like Hannah was saying, um, that the the author of the study was making you know this kind of correlation between. Her title, not her, her title, yeah, and, and, and her name. And I just said, well, I think, I think, like, I don't think it's a bad thing that she is known as Rahab the prostitute. I think it's a, I think it's a powerful thing that she is known as that. Um, and I, I don't mean to take anything away that she goes from, you know, the title to just the name. Um, but the fact that God chose a prostitute, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that it was a prostitute that was showed kindness um, and showed compassion and. I mean, kind of extended grace and mercy to these Hebrew spies that got caught, mm-hmm. but she's hiding them out. Um, and, um, and so they show her kindness in return, but it's a prostitute. I mean, why, why not the, why not the, the lady who sold lemons yeah. um, in the marketplace? Like, why not pick that lady mm-hmm. uh, who had a profession that was more in line with something that Hebrews would have been okay with, but no, God chooses the prostitute. And I just think it's significant because when you look through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the number one thing that Jesus is accused of more than anything else, he is accused of being a friend of sinners sinners of, and then specifically tax collectors and prostitutes. Mm -hmm. Now to me, that's just, I think that's that's significant. I think that that's like the foreshadowing. Yeah, that Joshua. So, oh, and if you don't know this, so Joshua is the Hebrew version of Jesus, Hebrew name. So Joshua is is Yeshua in Hebrew. Um, his name means um, salvation or God saves. Um, so um, if you translate Yeshua into Greek, you get the name Isa. If you translate Greek into English, you get the name Jesus. So Jesus is Joshua. Jesus is Isa. Not the Joshua of the Old Testament, right? He's the new Joshua, if you will, in the, in the New Testament. Like, but it's the same name. So when you read through the book of Joshua, you get these glimpses, these foreshadow of what God is going to do when he sends his son. Like he's given them a glimpse early on. These are the kinds of things that you will see from me. So I, I just think it's cool. So the no, fact that I, they love and bring a prostitute into the fold and Jesus is going to be known as a friend of tax collectors and prostitutes? Come on. Like, you can't make that up, right? Like, that's not... No, you that's, can't. That's, so that's why I think her title, although, you know, appalling for Christians or whatever, um, I think there's some significance to it because it, it, it is a glimpse of how good our God is and it speaks to his mercy and it speaks to his grace that he's good even to the prostitutes. 
Okay, well, I have a couple thoughts. I'm writing them down furiously. Um, I said this earlier, but it, it, what you just talked about, like the foreshadowing or the mirroring of, you know, Jesus coming, reminds me of um, a conversation that we had. It's like we could still read the Bible right now, and although we wouldn't be able to prove some of the foreshadowing that's yeah. to come in the future, yeah. like it gives me goosebumps from head to toe to think that it's, it's in there. We would just have to really study it and then just wait for, for God to reveal mm-hmm. himself. And so I think it's so interesting that, you know, that was significant to you and now it's going to be significant to us because it's obviously it's just very cool how you just said all of that, but that we could find stuff like that in the Bible all throughout the New Testament and be mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, like this could mean this or we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just cool because so much of it hasn't come into um, the future yet. That's right. Well, I mean, and to, to speak to that, like no one knew when Elijah, when God sent Elijah to the widow at Zarephath, mm-hmm. no one knew how significant that was until Jesus made it significant. Because Jesus, um, you know, basically making a case for the Gentiles, if you will, that I didn't just come for the Jews. I came for Jew and both Gentile. This new covenant that I'm about to make, this is not just with a single nation, a single group of people. This is with for all people for all time. Um, and to the Pharisees, he's like, do you not think that there was a widow, a Jewish widow, a Hebrew widow that God could have Elijah to? Yes, you have said right? that before. And he says, yes. but of all the widows yes. in all the land, he sent him to Zarephath. That's a Gentile. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's, you know, it's not the, one of us. Not one of us. Yeah. That's right. Um, um, in the New Testament, um, the woman who is the Syrophoenician woman that comes to Jesus, um, and she um, asks for healing for her daughter, and that's the one where Jesus says, "Well, you know, I, we don't we don't give bread to dogs," and she's like, "Yeah, but at least dog even dogs eat, get to eat the crumbs from the master's table." Right. Um, and Jesus commends her for her faith. Well, the same thing. Syrophoenician woman is might as well be the woman from Zarephath. It's the same place. She's it's like just, a Gentile. It's like, just a Hebrew name uh, versus a um, a Roman Greek name. Well, it just makes me think like how sometimes we can be surprised as as human earthly people that we are to be like god's using her Uh or god's using him or like just Mm -hmm. you get surprised about um the works that are coming out of that person yeah and so i would imagine that was the same they're like but she's a gentile you know but we aren't one of them or or on the other side they're not one of us Mm -hmm. and so i i think that that says something but i said this in bible study last night like about being defined of um, like a title. Yeah. I understand your realm of thinking, but we were thinking like Rahab the prostitute. We could have called Paul. You know, we we constantly call him Paul the apostle, right? Yeah. But he really could have been Paul the killer. Or Saul the murderer. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, but that's not using his, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah, the name. Right. I just was like, and, and they could say Shane the blah, 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 you know, yeah, right. the whatever. And um, I just, I made a joke because I was like, I, I, when I think about everyone in the Bible, um, I think that I'm so much worse than they were, you know, um, because it's it's hard to read between the lines. It's hard mm-hmm. to understand. And because we're Westerners, which we've talked about this before, yeah. it's hard to think about everything that you just said about the prostitution and how you were pretending to be her dad. Like yeah. Rahab's doing well. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just a weird thing to think about. So sometimes when we're, when we don't get a chance to dissect these characters, we don't, really understand but yeah i wrote down paul the killer peter the liar right didn't yeah. he you know he denied jesus three times so mm-hmm. i guess we could yeah. call him a liar or, denier. or something denier <laughs> yeah something like that yeah and i just was like how many how many things could i say about myself mm-hmm. and then god could just do the opposite you know he just like redeems me out of my own story or my own title or 
um, you know, those names don't define me at all in his eyes. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So that's, it's a flip side to kind of what you were saying and about the, the title Rahab, the prostitute, you know? Yeah. And, and again, like, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from like, cause yeah, when you get to the new Testament, um, well, at least when you get to, to Matthew, Matthew, she's just Rahab, right? The mo- mother of Boaz. In Hebrews, it is by faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, mm-hmm. was not killed um, with those who were disobedient. That's that's Hebrews chapter eleven. So uh, verse thirty one. So in Hebrews eleven thirty one, she's still called the prostitute. Um, but in Matthew, you know her her occupation um, is dropped. Is, is dropped. Yes, and she's just Rahab. But you know, again. Um, like I do think it's she doesn't remain. A, I don't. I don't believe that she remains a prostitute. She doesn't stay a prostitute. She yeah. marries Boaz. Right. She's or, married. Oh, I'm sorry. It she marries. Uh, um, she, oh my gosh. Who is it? Boaz. No, Boaz is their child. Um, oh, she does not marry her child. No, she doesn't marry her child. Oh, I don't yeah, know. I I'm so bad. Doesn't, doesn't matter. I, the names are um, really hard for me. Um, but. Yeah, you know, so she obviously doesn't. She doesn't remain in that occupation. I guess is is not. You know, that's that's. That's what she's called. Uh, that's not who she is anymore. Um, yeah. You know, well, God I, changes who she is. And that's that's exactly what happens with us, right? Well, in number number four in our particular study, it said, remember who holds your future. Mm. And that's when I sort of said, you know, like Paul the killer or Peter Paul. the liar, Rahab the prostitute, Courtney the so-and-so, yeah. Shane the whatever. Like, yeah. I don't have to be who I think I am because Jesus sees me in a completely different way. And I realize we're mixing Old and New Testament because we're talking about Rahab. But... But Jesus changed everything for us. And Absolutely. so that's what I think. But you know, something that I just thought about Rahab is that she certainly thought for herself. And obviously mm-hmm. that was the work of God in her heart and that she had heard these crazy stories about not her God, but their God, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I, it just also made me think that, you know, she, she didn't just go with the flow. She could have been like, go somewhere else. D- yeah. yeah. Right? For, for sure. Yeah. She, yeah she, she certainly could. She could have chosen not to. Um, well, so many times, like in our faith, we have, we have to kind of go against the grain. Like we, we may not want to participate in this activity, right. Or we yeah. may not just, we're like, listen, I, I, I just don't do that. Or I yeah. don't feel comfortable with that. And I feel like Rahab kind of did that. Absolutely. Well, she did it. And I think she kind of did it in secret. Like, right. Like she, there's no way she could have let people know. Uh, what was going on? She still had to tell her family, but, though. Except for her family, I right? I mean, sometimes when you're talking to like your mom and dad or or whoever, and they may not be as far down the, you know, path with Jesus as you are, and then you tell them something, and they're like, "Huh?" You you know? I mean, yeah, and yeah. so I'm like, did she, did she have a super uncomfortable moment telling her, "Listen, this is what we're gonna do," and they're like, "What?" Yeah, or or maybe even her conversation was, "You're just gonna have to trust me on this." Yeah, I can't tell you what's going on, but you you know those you know they've been walking around the wall out here. Uh, I know that they're going to attack, and you just have to trust me. You don't have to trust me. Stay with me. Yeah. If you'll come with me, you'll be okay. And you know, you know, the people, people, people listen. You know, did they or not? Um, definitely, she had some family there with her in her house when when they entered in, because um, we're we're told that story. They brought uh, they brought out um, you know Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute. This is uh, Joshua chapter six uh, with her family and all who belonged to her because she did. Um, she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies into Jericho, into Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when Joshua is writing down his account in the book of Joshua, um, you know, she's still alive at the time of his writing. And I just think there's something really beautiful about her kind of 
being a free thinker and I know I know God had everything to do with it. Yeah. I, I do yeah, I yeah. understand that fully and I know that she saw and heard the things that she did, but it was it was enough for her to be like, Yeah, I'm gonna do that and yeah, I'm gonna get my family and, and tell them that w- whatever she had to say, like you have to trust me or whatever. But I, I isn't that exactly what like stepping out in faith is? Absolutely. And Rahab I think is significantly a woman of faith. Yeah. She is a woman of faith. Um her faith was in other gods. But she's a woman of faith because she also has heard these stories and she has the faith to go, your God is real. Yeah. Um, and your God is capable. And your God exactly. is able. And, you know, he, or he's able. And so now he's going to be my God. That's like exactly. I, <laughs> yes. Like, I, yes. She, be, she, she believes in trust that it's going to happen um, as the spies have revealed to her. Um, and... Um, yeah, and she chooses to go with, with the God of the Hebrews. Well, and to your point, last week or the week after, talking about the blind man, how uh-huh. he just kept being like, listen, I know this is this is what it is, because he just couldn't quit talking about it. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And I feel the same about Rahab. She was like, there's something to this God thing. For sure. And, I mean, a testimony. like Yeah. And I talked about this a little bit uh, last night in men's ministry because it's part of my message this coming Sunday. Um, when it comes to a testimony, because a, a testimony isn't just, um, you know, it's not what you're going to read in an obituary. That's not a testimony. I mean, there might be some testimony in someone's obituary after they die. It's not in their biography um, that you find on a web page or in a book or something like that. Like that's a biography is kind of a story of a person's life. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of that in the testimony. But what sets a testimony apart from a biography, for example, is this is what God's done. Yeah. The testimony is this is who I was. And then here's what here's how God has worked. This yeah. is how God has been. My life is different today because of what God has Pivotal done. Moment. Yeah. Um, and you've got yeah, you've got that you know that moment. And so you know to be able to to take that te- to take your testimony to take that um, that example of what God has done and to be able to share that. Um, that's more powerful than someone who only knows it because they said it in a book. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So. So if I've got a testimony of what God has done in my life, if I'm and I do right, and I, all of us who follow Jesus, we should have some kind of testimony. Yeah, uh, that's that that should be part of our our the reason why we follow is that I mean, God saved me, God did this, God changed my life, God moved in. Yeah, this we're way. not just talking about the people in the books' lives. Yeah. So no matter what you say, like with the blind man, it doesn't matter what you say. I, I know that I was blind, and I know that I now see. Mm-hmm. This man called Jesus put mud on my eyes. He told me what to do. I went and did it for whatever reason, and now I can see. So I, I don't care what you say about him. Yeah. It's not going to change my don't mind. Sit there this and is what happened about to the me. Mud. Yeah. What you said. You were like, they were fighting about mud. Mud, that's right, yeah. yeah. I think that, I, I love it. I think that's that's really interesting. But, yeah, I, I love that Rahab, um, she had a big story to tell, you know. Absolutely. And so I do agree. She is a woman of faith. Yep, that's and cool. I, think, I think that, I mean, I think that her son, Boaz, Taking Naomi. Yes. Um, yeah. Or I'm sorry, taking Ruth. You know, well, I mean, I, I guess in one way, I don't know if he ends up caring for Naomi as well, but, you know, they come back and, um, you know, he takes Ruth on. Like, why, why in the world would this Hebrew man care for a Moabite woman, a Gentile? Oh, his mama was one. Yeah. No wonder. Guess he learned that from somewhere, right? Yes. I guess I guess his mama taught him something about faith. I guess his mama taught him something about caring for people. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, she must have talked about it. She must have talked about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's really good. Okay, well, 
27 minutes of um, rehab that we didn't have time to talk about, you know, last night. Yeah. So there we go. Thank you for yeah. hashing that, that out. But no, it was perfect. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I always go down. You know this about me. I always want to go down the rabbit holes. I want to know uh-huh. about Mary. I want to know, I want to know right. everything. I want to know every day of their lives. And so, um, unfortunately, we don't get that in the Bible. But it is fun to talk about. Um, especially when you bring like your history and perspective to it, because it's obviously better than mine. So cool. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for listening guys.